0: So maybe I would like to ask you about, again about the nonlinearities in, in in your system you develop and I think that's now I think that's uh something I think the community started to focus on how we can couple the geometric and material nonlinearities so that we can get this interesting deformation or functionality what's your thought about nonlinearities and how you can access them in your system and figure out whether it could be beneficial yeah. or not yeah
1: that's a complex question i um, so this Brings me back to my my PhD work uh, because in the in the last years I have, I have not been working that that much on on modeling and control, um, but more on um, more on um, developing actually uh, smart materials, soft actuators or grippers. So in this case, essentially we don't really mind nonlinearities, the whether they are there or not. It's not especially important. While, well, if we look at control there indeed it's a, it's it's a very exciting and interesting um, kind of field within soft robotics how to model and exploit nonlinearities um to have to have interesting behaviors essentially uh, that those can be used for computation or they can be used to to amplify to amplify actuation there is there is, there is interesting work done by people on that so my my take is that well at a certain point it's it's good we we need to understand them and we need to model them i think we now have the tools to model nonlinear materials that that's really not i mean it's not easy but we can do that we have the tools so then once we understand the nonlinearities and we model them then we can decide what to do uh, for for, a, for for a control perspective so we can design some creative controller that kind of uses the nonlinearity to it, to its advantage or we can just design a controller that essentially linearizes point by point to, to move from a, from, a, from a point A to a point B. I think both approaches are valid. It's... Well, I, I imagine the first one, so kind of exploiting the nonlinearity, is more fundamental research and can lead to some creative output, while the approach to just linearize point by point uh, it's more applied, high TRL approach that is, can be used if we want something reliable and also computationally efficient.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good point, but do you think in that case uh, maybe we have to be limited to certain material that could give us this beneficial non Because I don't know, do you think all the material can really uh, um, be submissive to this rule that we can find or access this beneficial non
1: well, it depends on the materials. It also depends on the system. If it depends also what kind of nonlinearities we are talking about, because there there exist different ones. There exist materials nonlinearities. There exist geometrical nonlinearities. So if we can say that generally speaking, if we have we need large deformations in both cases, like materials that deform like metals, in the elastic regime they tend to have no material nonlinearity. They are linear until. Um, until plastic regime and since the formation is very small also geometrical nonlinearities tend to be quite limited uh, unless we go it depends on scale which is very funny right if we go at really micro systems at that scale even metals can deform can have geometric nonlinearities because the, the strain is very small to get for example a bending because the thickness becomes extremely small and with, even we, if we are still in the linear material regime, then we can get geometric nonlinearities just because the, the, the structure, if we think about, for example, a cantilever beam, the structure can bend enough to have the point of application of the force to change significantly. And that's, for example, a geometric nonlinearity. Um, uh, but if we go back to soft robotics, which is generally the macro scale, then I imagine most of the materials that we use can have, can lead to geometric nonlinearities because they tend to deform a lot. And most of them also, most of most of elastomers have in fact also materials nonlinearities. Uh, then whether actually I don't think most of those are useful to anything. They are just there. Then designing a material to have useful nonlinearities, for this I think we have to, for example, use composites more. If I think about embedding fibers in an elastomer, uh, those fibers can be can be relaxed and then stretch after. That's, for example, a way to have a very soft material until a certain point that then becomes very stiff after after a certain region. And that's that's something that we see in polymers, but it can be even enhanced if we do if we design a composite where the fibers can can change orientation. Those fibers are eventually much stiffer than the polymer. So there is ways to properly design a material if you want a certain nonlinearity. But I would kind of reverse the question: like, what are what kind of nonlinearities do we need? I, I I can't think of many of those for practical applications. Again, I'm 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 not working much on control these days, even if it it interests me a lot. But yeah, one of those that I can think of is can think of is uh, variable stiffness. Uh, which can also be passive, right? Like the example I was making, if we have a material that becomes, that is very soft until a certain point and then becomes extremely stiff, well, there are applications where this is useful, uh, for for a gripper, for example.
0: Yeah, I, I, w- I would like to stop again in the point you mentioned about how we can design, for example, activities that can be in a certain regime, elastic and then stiffer. How do you see the approach, how we can, for example, if we wanted to, to minimize or maximize the stiffness at certain designing space and how we can distribute them? Have, have you ever uh, think about uh, how we can uh, the design the shape of certain parts will be, could be compliant, other will be stiff? How do you see this distribution and how you figure out these parts could be compliant, this could be stiff, and how you can get the insight that would lead to something interesting for you in terms of functionality?
1: if we talk about passive um kind of variable stiffness um, then i think the well from my experience as a mechanical engineer in by, by training what i would think of think of is essentially using geometry again we know that if we make slender structures like fibers the bending stiffness tend to be much lower than the stretching stiffness so we can we can have structures that are initially folded. This can be fibres within a material, or it can be even be just the whole device designed that way. So initially, when you start pulling, you have unfolding, and then after the whole structure has been unfolded, then you need to be to stretch if you want to keep pulling. That's a that's a way to design. Uh, uh, a system that has this intrinsic variable stiffness, so you have initially low stiffness, and then becomes very, very large after. Actually, most of the stiffness, most of the system in nature that behave like this, have this same, same, same system at the at the base. All polymers also work this way. All most of the linearities in polymers are due to this, due to the fact that initially the the, the molecules are all folded. Then after they, they fully unfold, then you need to stretch the molecule if you want to deform any further. So I, I, yeah, I think that's that's a very practical way to design this. Then and, and a different approach is to have active variable stiffness. Well, that's very different. Right? There is plenty of methods where we can we can give an input to the system to the material or to the, to the robot and make make it stiffness change in response to that input.
0: Yeah, yeah that's interesting indeed. also an ionic conductive is the same example that we have variable stiffness yeah and the, i think that's very fascinating to have that that f- feature in, in in polymers yeah